The room stank. Thick blackout curtains held the scent as early morning sunlight poured through the crack under the door. The room was large. A wide mahogany dining table sat in the middle with a few chairs dotted around it. Large posters adorned most of the walls. Crudely pasted, a crate of freshly printed posters had just been opened. Art Everstill's face snarled up at the ceiling. It was a crude drawing. It had to be. These were part of Rurik Gromalog's ground war when it came to turning voters in the southern district's poorest neighbourhoods. Made to look as if the residents themselves had drawn them, just the way the large printing agency in the Grand Palisade had intended. Rurik Gromalog coughed suddenly, lifting his face from the mahogany table. It took effort, if only because of all the blood that had formed a makeshift glue. Through dull eyes, the dwarf looked across the table to where Morthos was sat opposite him, his fingers gingerly touching his ribs. The dark elf eyed the crowbar embedded in the wall behind him for a moment, before turning back. Rurik's fight had been admirable. Awake again? Rurik coughed, spraying blood down on the table and lifting one hand, pushing himself up enough to shift his head to face Morthos before he collapsed, spread eagle onto the table again. He managed to take in yet another shallow, ragged breath. You fought well. But not well enough. You were in the army? I respect that. In a way. But your race was run years ago. You should have stayed in the mountains. Leave governing to... Better men. Another gargle from Rurik. His eyes flicking about the room before focusing on Morthos again. Uh, I'm sure you thought you could win. So did we. You fought a good fight, in here and out there, but that's why you're too dangerous to be allowed to live. Rurik groaned, one hand extending out across the table, smearing blood as it went. Morthos stood up. We are a pair, aren't we? Both of us, exactly what we say we are. I'm a heart attack. But you, you're a pestilence. Morthos reached down readying a large, thin, iridium sword and tapping it on Rurik's head. The dwarf groaned and gargled more blood through a few broken teeth, his hand groping at the surface of the table. The dark elf stepped up onto the table, standing over the battered dwarf before hooking one foot under Rurik and rolling him awkwardly onto his back. The dwarf's mouth twitched and sagged as tears formed in his eyes, spilling down his face and mixing with the blood. Morthos raised his weapon, and then brought it down through the dwarf's chest with a thud. Stepping down off the table, he grabbed Rurik's legs, pulling him into position. The dark elf began making the first incision to remove the skin. Where to put it? Maybe in a box of posters, or up on the wall again? As he worked, more blood seeped off the table, some of it pooling in channels Rurik had made with his fingers. Morthos didn't notice the three letters crudely etched into the blood as the dwarf lay dying. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. 
And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. The sun beat down on the eastern wilds. Nia, Nathan and Balasar were sat inside a wagon at the side of a deserted, dusty trail. Hats pulled down as they looked through the small slats. No one had said anything in quite some time. The sound of flies and birds drifted through the wagon. Nathan felt his eyes droop, his head nodding forward. Nia stuck her leg out and kicked his boot. The elf jumped awake again, his eyes red. Nia checked the time and nodded. Noting that Nathan's nose looked crooked, but maybe it was just the light. Balasar nodded too and began rubbing his face with both hands. As he did, the other two watched as his face began to change from burgundy red to a dark shade of green. When that was done, he pulled his collar up high, climbed out of the wagon before making his way across the road and sitting down on the ground. Lifting his head, Balasar whistled loudly before listening hard. One, two, and then three more whistles could be heard. He nodded at the wagon. Nathan and Nia shared a glance before their heads snapped towards the sound of wheels approaching down the track. To look at, the approaching wagon was shabby to say the least. It also stunk of rotten fruit, as did the lone elven rider that sat up front. In the wagon was a heavy-set dragonborn, his head lolled forward and breathing heavily, dead asleep, surrounded by crates and large hemp sacks. In the corner was a small burner stuffed with rotten apple cores and banana peels. The swaying of the wagon and the break from the outside heat had sent the large-scale guard to sleep quickly. Balasar saw the wagon round in the corner, making its way towards them. Standing up, he raised a palm to his face, fingers across his eyes before extending the hand out as a salute wave to the driver. The elf slowed his wagon immediately, pulling towards the dragonborn before coming to a total stop. Balasar stepped back and watched as the elf dismounted the wagon and returned the signal. Why are you here? Has there been a change of plan? Balasar nodded gravely. You could say that. Well, what's happening? We can't stay out here. It's the middle of the day. Anyone could... Anyone did, came Nia's voice from behind him. The elf turned to see Nia advancing on him, her baton raised. Balasar whipped out his baton as well, firmly pressing it against the elf's back. If you run, we will catch you. Tiberius! Tiberius! cried the elf desperately, but the only answer was a sickening crack from the rear of his wagon, followed by a dull groan. Sorry, uh, Tiberius isn't here right now, Nathan called as he hauled the unconscious dragonborn onto the street. He raised his head and whistled twice. On cue, three street watch emerged from the corn in a nearby field. Top work, watchman! One of them called to Balasar, as three of them flung open the back of the seized wagon and began searching through crates. What do we have? asked Nia, casting her eyes up and down the road. Um, oh wow, uh, gold, uh, iridium, sound sticks, some other stuff, replied one of the watchmen from the back of the wagon. Nia nodded and rounded on the elven driver. Where's it going? The elf remained mute. His murderous eyes flickered between Balasar and Nia. She shook her head. Right, boys, take this one and... Uh, Tiberius, back to the Southern District. Tell Chief Sherman they're holding out on us, Nia smirked. The three Eastern Wild Street Watch nodded, 
tipping their hats to Nia and the rest as one slipped some manacles on the driver's wrists, while the other two began manhandling Tiberius the Dragonborn into the other wagon. Nathan appeared beside Nia and smiled. Game on? Game on. Let's mix it up. Balasar, jump in the back with me. Nathan, get the horse going. They all nodded, Nathan climbing up onto the driver's position of the wagon, as Nia and Balasar climbed into the back. Nia retreated deep into the back of the squashed maze of boxes, seeing bars of platinum. Nathan clicked his tongue and gently moved the reins. The horse brayed for a moment, as if trying to recognise this new master from his old one. Slowly but surely the wagon began to move up on the road. Nia eyed Balasar in the back of the wagon. When was the last time you had a good night's sleep? She asked. I could ask you the same thing. How is Scribe? Reading. Reading? Smiled Balasar, stifling a yawn. Reading what? Everything I can get him. Nia smiled and ducked back down again. Up front, Nathan held the reins loose in his hands, the horse drawing them down the road at the same pace as before. Nathan clicked his tongue again and the horse sped up, pulling them deeper into the eastern wilds now. After half an hour they reached a familiar crossroads. To the left the road snaked up, through some small hills towards Major Illusion Communications and the rest of the magic industry and their white marble buildings. To the right the road took them down off the hill to rejoin the banks of the river and then on deeper into the wilds. Wave goodbye to infrastructure for a few hours, Nathan joked, preparing for the horse to turn right. Nia smirked and settled cross-legged between two large sacks filled with hay. Balasar smiled. What? I can't get comfy. I'm not a guard, she joked, turning slightly to thump the sacks into an easier shape to lean on. She coughed as the smell of musty parchment filled her face. She pulled a confused expression and pulled open one of the sacks. Up top, Nathan furrowed his brow as the horse looked at the crossroads. It waited patiently for a moment before tossing its head to the left and braying, before beginning to walk up the gradual incline towards the heart of the Eastern Wild's magic industry. Oh, uh, maybe not. I think... Nathan, stop! Nia shouted up to him, suddenly cutting across. No, no, it, it's fine. I think the horse knows where it's going. Nathan, we're going to Major Illusion. I'll win hundred... The sound sticks. Nathan furrowed his brow and looked down towards Nia's voice. What? He yanked the reins and pulled the wagon to the side of the road. Jumping down, he ran to the rear to find Nathan and Balasar pulling strips of parchment from some of the sacks. Balasar jumped down from the wagon, colliding with Nathan before holding up a strip of parchment. There was an inky scrawl on it. Nathan stared at it and then looked past the other two. One isn't enough. Nathan, there are loads. Nia held up a handful of similar pieces, all with a similar scrawled signature. Arwen Hundricks. Major Illusions Communications, CEO. Over and over and over again. Balasar held up another piece. Three letters stamped on it. M-I-C. Matching the letters that adorned the large building, about 20 minutes away. Nathan laughed and shook his head. What the fuck? What the fuck? Replied Nia. It is certainly odd, said Balasar. Did... We just ambushed their trash collection, Nathan asked, a thought hitting him. Why would they be bringing trash in? Where were they getting the sound sticks from? They make them on site. There's no reason they should be here. And all this gold, unmarked wagons, unregistered Ridian. Something is wrong here, 
The dragonborn shook his head, puzzled. Nia smiled and climbed down from the wagon. Worth pulling Alwyn Hondricks into the station, though, eh? She nodded. Oh yeah, we're pulling him in. Although I'm sure he has a few lawyers that might disagree. They nodded and looked back at the wagon. We should call this in, said Nathan, pulling himself into the back again. Nia sighed and rubbed her chin, looking over to Balasar. Do like Moss? She asked. The dragonborn nodded and reached into his belt, pulling out a sound stick. As he did, however, the handle began to flash, a pulsing sound emitting from between the tongs. Maybe the Eastern Wilds watch, he said to Nia, turning the handle to answer the call. To their surprise, Sherman's voice filled the wagon. Nia! Balasar shook his head. It's Balasar. Uh, Chief, we need to call something in. Uh, the wagon in the Eastern Wilds. It's uh, bound for... Major illusions, communications, grunted Sherman. Nia and Balasar looked at each other for a moment. Nathan poked his head out of the wagon, looking up at the hills for signs of Sherman armed with a telescope, but saw nothing. How did you... Rurik Gormalog. He's dead. Skinned, beaten violently. They found M.I.C. etched in blood by his body. Morthos must have missed it. Whatever you're doing out there... Come back here, now. We're going to arrest Alwyn Hondricks, said Nia firmly. What for? I... <laughs> Connection to smuggling? said Nia, running one hand through her braided hair. Yeah, keep it that way. Just for now. They all nodded and began repacking the wagon. <laughs> This has been Tales of Tarthage. This episode was written and edited by Samuel Bradley. The title music was Who Am I to Complain by Alec Michael Wilson. Extra sounds were provided by Zapsplat.com. This was a Starter Set Studio production. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Ameren. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello. Hi. Do you like bad movies? Do you find yourself defending bad movies, saying things like, well, the soundtrack was okay, or the costumes were pretty fun? From the previous hosts of It's Not That Bad Podcast, we bring you Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast, from Simone LaRue and Chad Ekovitz. Every week, we review two movies that did not do well critically, but we say, hey, there are some nice things about them. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes was wrong. Maybe they're all fools, and you should watch these movies regardless. We'll also talk about scenes that could have saved it, and we'll often refer to Simone's cats because they're amazing and adorable, and we love them. <laughs> and at the end of each review, we will tell you whether we would watch this movie again, or in what circumstances we would recommend you watch this movie. So, join us on July 9th for the first drop of our main episode, and then two days later for our drop of our minisodes. And on Robots Radio Podcast Network. Come see us on July 9th. We love you so much already. Bye! Bye.